0: Have you ever thought about all the ways you could die? We have. Grab a drink that's good enough to die for. And let's get gruesome. Welcome to Drinks With Death. Hey, lovin'. What's up, Erin? How's it going? (laughs) (laughs) It's every time. How's it going? Hello. It's going good. How are you? Good. I'm great. Fantastic. Wonderful.
1: Do you love the weather today?
0: Um, Yeah, I think we called it last week. We were like, "We did."
1: Although you did jinx it because you're like, "It's been so nice," and it was like literally the last day of summer was the hottest day of summer.
0: It was so miserable. So miserable.
1: It was crazy, but today was. I'm sorry, but I think we
0: also did sort of summon the fall temperatures because they were here. They were here today. They showed up.
1: They were. It was it was just lovely. I loved it. I know it's not here to stay, but I'll just take it whenever I can get it. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And I and I think tomorrow morning it's supposed to be in like the fifties when the kids get up. So they're gonna need like a sweatshirt or a sweater. What?
1: I, I know. Oh my God. they're gonna go out in like a coat.
0: No. We were <laughs> Scarf I know, hat. I know. They're like, it's freezing. It's fifty five <laughs> degrees. Yeah. Bunch of weenies.
1: <laughs> I know, seriously. Aren't we all?
0: Okay, tell us. Are you ready to tell us what we're doing? Uh, I am. You ready to get loosey goosey? I am.
1: Okay. So tonight we are going to talk about death by fashion. So for my cocktail, we are drinking the high fashion cocktail. Okay. I pulled this recipe from Chilled Magazine. Uh, It actually covers uh, the Playa Provisions Bar Grain, which is a whiskey bar run by Brooke Williamson and Nick Roberts. And this is, of course, in uh, uh, Playa del Rey in California. And they just kind of do a fun play on old-fashioned cocktails. Okay. And they just say, you know, make your own old-fashioned. Really what you need is, you know, whiskey. It can be rye, it can be bourbon, it can be scotch. Uh, you need some sort of sugar. You mm-hmm. need a bitter. And you can infuse it with whatever. So, they have several different styles, but they have the high fashion, which is comprised of gin, two ounces of gin, a quarter ounce of elderflower liqueur, mm-hmm. a quarter ounce of grapefruit juice, and then two dashes of rhubarb bitters. And you garnish with a grapefruit peel. So, I actually haven't tried this one. I haven't either. Oh my gosh, we're so good. Look at us and our patience. <laughs> so pimpous. So
0: good. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm ready. Plink. Cheers. Mm. Mm, it's very strong. Lots of <laughs> lots of gin. It's very
1: strong. Yes, it is. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I was a little nervous because I thought this is a lot of liquor and not a lot of
0: and a lot of bitter stuff. Like you got the bitters, and then grapefruit is a little bitter too. You know a what little I mean? Bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But I think the elderflower, because it's that sweetened liqueur, I think it kind of helps buffer out some of that bitterness but it's good it's nice it is nice Mm -hmm. it is i yeah
1: it's a little different so Mm -hmm.
0: anyway that is our
1: cocktail so are you ready to get gruesome
0: i am always ready to get gruesome always
1: so this is really gonna be more about i should say it's death by victorian era fashion most of this is victorian era fashion but there are some other um you know go, dating back to the 14th century 16th century so m- most of these incidences are from a very very long time ago
0: okay so i'm terrible at history so we'll see how many times i can embarrass myself in this episode but um <laughs> well don't <laughs> ask me questions because i probably am not gonna know the answer <laughs> oh i hope you at least know this one because we're talking about the victorian era when is the victorian era
1: Okay, that I do know. Okay. <laughs> the Victorian era was the period of Queen Victoria's reign, which was from the 20th of June, 1837, until her death on the 22nd of January, 1901.
0: Oh, so just, okay, so really just from the thirties, 1837
1: to 1900. Okay. Yeah, okay. so the 1800s, 19th century, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Um, let's see. So this really was a brutal era for looking good and not dying. It was very hard, if you're a woman of high society, to look good and have all the high fashion and stay alive. There were several trends and fads and styles that led to illness and death. Uh, Luckily, we have learned from our mistake and just learned from other things in general and just in the times of manufacturing things. Okay. So we're going to start with crinoline deaths. So crinoline were designed to replace the heavy layers of the petticoat. So you know, women had these yes. big, beautiful dresses, and they would have layers and layer of fabric. Well, that would get very heavy, so they created the crinoline. And there's there's really several different styles of, of crinoline. Is
0: this like the gauzy kind of materials?
1: Yes. So there were some that were made with horsehair. Um, there are some that are defined as crinoline that that looked more like the fabric petticoat that you would wear okay. under the under the dresses. But really, crinoline were steel cages, and they were also mm-hmm. comprised of other lightweight materials such as gauze, uh, cotton muslin, and even though it said steel cage, they were more lightweight than the layers of fabric that they would wear under the dresses.
0: Because the, ca- the steel was just like the rings? Exactly. Or it or was a, a steel ring okay. around your
1: waist, and then a frame so it was just, you know, a few That is so crazy. I know. Crazy it really me. is. Like
0: what were people even thinking? How
1: <laughs> uncomfortable and how do you function? Because think like, you can't sit down in these. No. And you can't go through doorways. <laughs> like think about how big your doorway would have to be.
0: Oh my gosh. I just it's, I mean... I know.
1: What we do to look good... It <laughs> truly
0: is another era. Like, that is truly just something I cannot imagine. But, okay.
1: So, you know, great because they were light and not as heavy as all mm-hmm. the fabric layers. But you could easily be lifted by a gust of wind. That would happen. Oh, what? Um, you could get your what? fabric and, and the cage entangled in the wheel spokes of a carriage and be run over. Whoa. But they were also extremely flammable.
0: That's what I thought you were Mm going to say, was that they were flammable. Yes. so
1: the crinoline's flammable materials combined with the mounds of fabric over these steel cages were major fire hazards, especially in a time (laughs) where fires were the main source of warmth in cold weather. You know, that was, you didn't have a heater you could just turn on. You had a fireplace. So if you were cold, you would stand by the fireplace. And unfortunately, if... Your skirt happened to catch on fire. Women could not get out of them because you're basically oh like God. caged in. You're literally caged oh into your
0: gosh.
1: your dress. To, so
0: to your kindling. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yes,
1: you're caged into <laughs> that, your kindling.
0: <laughs> that is so fucking awful. So experts
1: say that between the 1850s and 1860s, 3,000 women died of fire-related incidents oh wearing gosh. crinoline. <gasps> I know, isn't that insane? Those poor
0: women. I
1: know. And in an 1864 report, almost 40,000 women all over the world had perished since that fashion fad had started.
0: What? I know. Did you say 40,000? Yes.
1: So probably, so this was an 1864 report, so they probably were, you know, it's probably over the last, you know, 15 or so years, but still, still it's still
0: in an insane amount of yes, people. Yes, yes.
1: So, a couple of stories. Uh, one in nineteen, uh, excuse me, eighteen sixty-three. Margaret Davy was a fourteen-year-old maid, and she died of severe burns when her dress caught fire while getting spoons on the mantelpiece, uh, mantelpiece near the fireplace.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: In another incident, a sixteen-year-old Emma Muson died after a piece of burning coal ignited her dress. Oh. So there were other fatalities.
0: I mean, I can just feel. it just seems like that's what would be happening all the time. I mean, like you said, it's their only source of heat is fire, and
1: just and just think you didn't have, you didn't have twenty four hour news networks. You didn't have, you didn't have uh, the 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 sources. The Consumer
0: Product Safety Commission <laughs> that would tell you that that's a bad idea. Yes.
1: Uh, Funny enough, that was not listed in their product safety guide. Weird. (laughs) I actually don't know. I didn't look it up. Uh, But I'm sure it wasn't.
0: No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) We have evolved past that. Right. Yes.
1: Um, So in addition to fires killing you because your dress catches on fire and you're you're trapped in a steel cage, uh, there were other things that could happen like your dress getting caught in machinery so one death was ann rollinson she died of her injuries uh, after her crinoline got caught in a machine at her workplace
0: and so how does nope. go ahead nope. you're going to tell us how that actually nope. kills us how that actually killed her no
1: uh, it just you know it got she just got caught and
0: So it got sucked her body into the machinery also? It really
1: didn't go into detail about that. There was another story where somebody, their skirt got caught, but they were, it managed to like suck the fabric into the machinery and right...
0: And then stop the machinery? Well,
1: it just like ripped off of her body. Oh. So she did not perish, luckily.
0: Oh. But, you know... (sighs)
1: Very problematic on so many levels you you know women would fall, you would trip and fall like the gust of wind, you would fall, and then you have the steel cage and you're on the ground and you're you know your dress is just showing all your legs and all your your undergarments and lady parts are just there for the there for the viewing
0: in the steel cage seems to be the least concerning element of wearing. One of these, though. I, I mean, like, oh, yes. My, my bloomers are going to be showing.
1: <laughs> this is a very fair point. Yes.
0: I mean, what the heck? I that okay, okay.
1: I, and and the, the images of these frames and the crinoline that people are putting on. I mean, it took multiple people just to get it on over your head. You'd put it on over your body, and it just.
0: Oh, so that wasn't the metal? Wasn't like I was? I was imagining like a ring that's somewhat flexible because it was. That they, you know, that it would clasp or something Maybe. like you could kind of step into it or something, but no, I it had to go over, over their heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, holy I know. cow! I and how long were women wearing these? Like, how many decades are we talking about? I mean, this is it, took them a really long time to figure out that these were a horrible, terrible.
1: They did start to go out of fashion, um, around you know, before the turn of the century, um. There were some. They they there are some fashion icons and fashion designers uh, in the twentieth century who did sort of mini
0: crinoline styles, mm-hmm. but
1: nothing nothing to the extreme of the steel frame.
0: Wow. Okay, it only took forty thousand women to die. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. So okay. uh, another
1: thing that could kill you were arsenic laced fabrics. So. When you think about the Victorian era and that time, I, I don't know about you, but this is yeah. I, I just I always think of it as very monochromatic. You see the black and white pictures, and so you just think of it as being a very muted time, and you don't think of it about it in color. Huh?
0: Yeah, because sure. yeah, I, that that makes sense to me completely. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But
1: really, uh, people love their color. People were all about the bright, vibrant colors. It was a status symbol. And during this...
0: That is actually rather fascinating to think that in our minds, they're sort of stuck in this, like you said, this muted black and white world, but that's not how it was at all. No, I mean, and you can
1: watch Gone with the Wind and clearly see all the color
0: (laughs) and get out of that black and
1: white world. But (laughs) um, just when you look at pictures, you just sort of think of it, or at least I do. Other people might be more creative and imaginative than I am, but... That's just kind of the vision I have when uh-huh. I when I look at these yeah. pictures and I think of that time frame. But during the Victorian era, scientists and manufacturers created synthetic dyes that produced beautiful, brightly color, color, colored fabric uh, that were now even affordable to the middle class. So it wasn't just uh, high society who were able to afford the bright colors. So they were made more affordable. And these richly colored clothing, wallpaper, and other textiles just added color to the home and just became
0: which made them more popular Absolutely. Right? i mean that made more people could have them in their yes, homes yes yes mm-hmm.
1: definitely but there was a certain shade of green that was particularly problematic so it was known as uh, shales green this intense shade was created using a mixture of copper and arsenic trioxide for manufacturers who regularly use the pigment during pr- dye processes, silk flower construction, and even cake decorating, this could be problematic. They developed open sores on their skin, experienced intense vomiting, and suffered from painful oh. headaches and anemia. Even non oh working gosh. folks discovered that they had been sickened by things as innocent as their green wallpaper. So, a low-level silk flower maker in London named Matilda uh, Schurer died because of the exposure to the shade of green. According to Jezebel, her agonized passing was not only painful, but also turned her eyes and fingernails green.
0: Ooh. That's a lot of dye. Oh Yeah.
1: But by the time of her passing in 1861, activists had already learned the dangers of arsenic and were pushing to ban it from common use. Even after her death, um, actions of other European governments, uh, it took years for the British government to officially prohibit the use of arsenic in dyes.
0: Wow. So just
1: kind of like we were going back to the 40,000 women dying because of these, you know, crinoline.
0: Yeah. So in, so they just didn't know that arsenic was a poison?
1: No. Or I don't think they, I think they knew that arsenic was a poison, but didn't think that just using it as a dye to make color could have such devastating results and be so deadly. Wow. Socks were another way that people like to show off color. Did you see socks? socks? Yes. Socks were another way to show off color. Uh, and it was another uh, way for a person to show off their status in society.
0: So, by having fancy, colorful socks? Yes. I know
1: because I saw a picture of them and they're very reminiscent to socks that you see today. I mean, you know, sort of the men, there's trendy socks and they're very bright and colorful and they're striped Uh and they'll wear them with, you know, dress pants and dress shoes. It was very similar. So, I know. Interesting. So, the socks in question first came to public attention in 1868. That's when the Times, a London-based newspaper, published a report where a doctor had alerted police to the health effects of dyed socks. Orange dye in these pairs were made from a new type of acid that caused factory workers to suffer from sores all over their arms. The unlucky folks who wore the socks could experience localized swelling so bad that in one case a man had to have his boots cut off. (gasps) A report Whoa. in the St. James Magazine also pointed out the fact that some dyes contained arsenic, a baneful ingredient that could sneak past chemical tests when paired with other dye compounds.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. So, and this is a little interesting. Um, not everyone had this issue. Some wore the socks and they had no problem, while others ex- experienced serious chemical burns. And they think that the people who experienced the chemical burns may have had more alkaline sweat that then reacted oh, with the alkaline what? dyes.
0: Wow, that's kinda yeah. I mean, I don't want to say cool, but it is kind of cool. Like
1: Well, <laughs> it's just fascinating. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
0: Yeah. Oh. Science. Science. I love
1: science. <laughs> Another Victorian era uh fashion trend. I'm sure you can maybe
0: guess one. Do you want to guess one? No, I don't. I told you okay. I'm terrible at history. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right.
0: I tried. Uh, So the
1: corset.
0: Oh, yeah. I should have guessed that one, actually. That one seems rather obvious, doesn't it? (laughs) So corsets were an
1: essential undergarment in the Victorian era. Women who did not wear them were considered loose. Very scandalous. I know. No self-respecting woman in the Victorian era would be caught dead without Without a corset. corset. Wow. (laughs) Um, However, this fashion trend led to many women becoming victims in the literal sense. Um, so at, at one point, the corset they created the metal eyelet. You know the little the little eyelet, yeah, yeah, the yeah. hole uh-huh. they used to tie it up. Oh, to, well, they, to string they, it
0: through. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes.
1: So when they invented the metal eyelet. They were able to, you know, before it was just fabric. And so you you couldn't really tie it so tight because it would rip the fabric. Mm -hmm.
0: Ooh, but those metal eyelets were like a game changer as far as how tight they could get them. Wow. Yes,
1: it really was. That really sort of added uh to how tight they could lace Mm -hmm. these corsets um so corsets were laced so tight that they caused constipation indigestion internal bleeding and fainting from the pressure placed upon the lungs In the worst case scenario the complications um that resulted from wearing a corset led to death as in the case of mary halliday in 1903 the 42 year old mother of six died of a seizure. And upon her autopsy, it was revealed that she had two pieces of corset steel in her heart. What? Yes. So they had come loose, and they were just razor sharp, and they just... Two pieces, though? Uh Uh-huh.
0: I mean... Wow. Poor Mary.
1: Poor Mary. I know. That
0: is... (laughs) What a way to go. (laughs) (laughs) seriously again all for fashion out there trying to look your best i
1: know um in 1874 a list was published attributing 97 diseases to corset wearing
0: whoa Uh
1: uh-huh including heightened hysteria and melancholy
0: (laughs) heightened hysteria stop it
1: (laughs) i know (laughs) and melancholy Um, because you can't breathe because you're wearing a corset. And then the crinoline is keeping you from sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, oh that was a rough time to be in high society.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I am a little bit of melancholy myself.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So between the late 1860s and the early um, 1890s, Uh, The medical journal The Lancet published uh, at least an article a year on the medical dangers of tight lacing. So they would just try to warn. For decades, they would try to warn the dangers of tight lacing. Um, You know, things that came out of this. The fainting couch. Are you familiar with the fainting couch? Have you ever heard of a fainting couch? No. Sort of like the Chase Lounge. So it was literally a couch that so women could lay down when they have a fainting spell.
0: I mean, because they can't be breathe. Everywhere Because around the they house? have
1: the corset. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. What?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I just feel like this is not complicated to figure out. That if you, if your clothing <laughs> is making you randomly pass out, you shouldn't wear it.
1: <laughs> right. I don't. Okay. But it became so. Posh and so, on everybody trend was willing to, to do, do it. That it
0: didn't matter. Yeah, it was. The and there status. are
1: rumors. Yes, there are rumors that some women would have a rib removed, oh so they could just create that smaller waist. I've actually I think the, heard about
0: that happening now in today's mm, times. Women having yeah. ribs removed and wearing—I um I don't remember what they call them, but some—it's something having to do with the waist. But it's basically a corset that. Mm-hmm. Over time, they wear it, and it, it's kind of like if you've been married for a long time and your finger is, like, indented from your ring.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. they're
0: doing that except to their waist. Like, it's actually giving them a smaller waist, and then they get to a point where they can't go any smaller until they have ribs removed. Ugh. It's just so disturbing. I it mean- really
1: is. It's It really is. And and I do wonder, I didn't do any research into this, but if that's where the hourglass shape like the true hourglass shape kind of came into fashion was because of the corset.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know. Well, so this, this is going to be, you'll be, you'll be able to breathe after this story for a moment. Okay. So muslin dresses. (laughs) So this was another dress that proved lethal for women of the 19th century. Um, In the late 18th century, uh, it became popular to forego all corsetry, so this would have been in the 1700s. So before, okay, you know, right. corsets were always in in play as far as fashion goes in okay. uh-huh. your dress, but then in the late uh, 1700s. Women started to forego the corsetry and uh, all manner of femininity, so they uh, were wearing these flowy gowns, it, kind of like a, like an empire dress. You know, like the like, the little yes, the waist, girl,
0: yes, mm-hmm, it's all right. the comfort. Let's yes.
1: Yeah, so they were very Grecian in style. The I dresses were very simple, um, but women, especially of lower class, did not have undergarments. So to highlight. So this would highlight the natural curves of a woman's body. And to get the most out of this look, women would wet the muslin fabric of their dresses so it would cling to their bodies. So <sighs> it was a little, it a little risque. A little oh my.
0: It's like a, scandalous. What, like a wet t-shirt contest or something. A yeah. little
1: bit, yes. Except that wetting a gown and your fabric to cling to your body when it's very cold outside. Oh gosh. And you don't have central heating.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Stop.
1: Led to pneumonia. So many women came down with pneumonia as a result of this trend. In fact, doctors blamed the wet muslin trend on a serious outbreak of influenza that hit Paris in 1803. They even named it the uh, the epidemic the wet muslin disease.
0: (laughs) Whoa, what? Mm -hmm.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I that I I'd never heard of that one before. No, Some of these I I'd heard of, but I'd never heard of wedding uh, the your the fabric, mm-hmm. and that it was so problematic. Yeah, so,
0: that's very, huh?
1: I know. Anyway, so the last of the skirts and dresses that uh, proved to be fatal. Uh we're in the early nineteen hundreds so designer Paul Poiret created the hobble skirt now, if you saw a picture, you would recognize it. I think that I think that Audrey Hepburn wears a style like this in um uh my fair lady so it's it's a skirt it's a little bit of like a bubble skirt, but it it's a tight around your your shin, so oh. it just you know, so it, it it's constricting. So it's below the knee. Uh-huh. So you're forced to take these tiny, tiny steps. Right. You kind right, of have right. to hobble. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many thought the skirt made women appear more ladylike and dainty. But others felt the skirt was a safety hazard because women kept tripping and falling. <laughs> Duh. Uh-huh. Okay. In some cases, it resulted in death. As when a horse bolted through a crowd, a woman was unable to move out out of the animals away because Uh. she could not move her legs. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And another woman died after she stumbled on her skirt and fell over the railing of a bridge.
0: Stop. I know. Uh. Gosh. Luckily, oh.
1: I mean, this is where we start learning from our mistakes because this uh, fashion trend only lasted for three years.
0: Oh, so we're starting to figure things out a little bit quicker now. We're starting
1: to figure things out uh, as opposed to the Victorian era where they lasted for decades and decades. <laughs> <laughs> and 40,000 people died.
0: <laughs> this is crazy. I know.
1: It really is. I really had no it's idea madness. about some of these. <laughs> So, men were not spared from fashion being fatal.
0: Oh, well, thank goodness. Let's tell I us I know, that.
1: right? <laughs> so, they had something called the high and tight collar. And this was a very um, stiff, super starched collar mm-hmm. that they would wear. Again, a status of symbol. The high and tight collar was popular amongst the 19th century high society. It was a trend for fashionable men.
0: Did they put some metal um, rings in there and make it real tight, lace it up?
1: <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> How tight can we go? <laughs> um, but it was also known as the father killer uh, as oh. it was a fitted collar, but it often cut off the blood supply to the brain.
0: <laughs> I mean, makes sense to me.
1: <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so it was, it was easier to take care of and it was easier to clean because it was so stiff. But the... <laughs> The most uh, common way that it killed was it, it, it occurred at night. After a night of heavy drinking, men would pass out <gasps> in their constricting collars and they would die from asphyxiation.
0: Oh <laughs> my gosh. Uh-huh. In one case,
1: a collar completely choked off a man's windpipe and he was found dead on a bench outside.
0: Whoa.
1: Another man died and, After he had indigestion and it left him with a swelled neck that was then restricted by his starch stiff collar. (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And it choked him to death.
0: It didn't didn't occur to me that you were going to say that it was after they had been drinking that they would then pass out. But that, Mm -hmm. I mean, completely makes sense, obviously. But so, so interesting. So how long did this trend last for men? Do you know that?
1: I do not have a date or time period on this, but I don't think this one lasted very long. The father killer? Is that what it was called? Yeah. I don't think this one was like a crinoline era where it was lasted for decades.
0: It's a pretty gruesome name, too. Right? I Mm -hmm.
1: know. Well, and just the fact that so many men... Would die after excess excessive drinking. Yeah, that it's interesting. Pass that they pass out. Don't that, you
0: take your collar off? I know, but it's interesting. They were calling that the father killer when they weren't top. Call, they didn't rename the corset or the crinoline skirts, or you know what I mean. They didn't call mm-hmm. those mommy the lady killers, killers? Killer or lady killers, right? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> anyways, okay, okay.
1: So another uh, fashion trend, or just I guess that's a fashion trend. Uh, were hats mercury poisoning by hats. mercury
0: poisoning S-
1: yes oh. so you know the phrase mad as a hatter right
0: oh definitely
1: thanks to alice in wonderland we alice all wonderland. know about the yeah, matter okay. Okay, okay okay no that is a real thing so uh in the pursuit of being on trend um They had these felt hats, and they were made out of, you know, beaver fur or rabbit fur. But to get the fur to stick together and form this felt so they could make the hat, which they then lined, they brushed it with mercury. Hmm. So mercury did a great job, but it was also (laughs) highly toxic. Yes, yes it is. So much so that uh, workers' teeth fell out, (gasps) their hearts and lungs began to fail, and their minds started to slip away. Ooh. So, to be mad as a hatter, as the phrase went, meant to develop the kind of paranoia and pathological shyness seen in mercury-addled hat makers.
0: Mercury poisoning? Whoa. Yes. Is what yes. mad hatter came from.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, wearers were not affected because they lined the hats. And so, they were spared from the mad hatter disease.
0: Oh, my gosh. That is so interesting, Lovin'.
1: I know. I did know. I did know that that phrase came from, you know, the poisoning and, oh, and the mercury did. of the hats.
0: I did. I'd heard that oh, at some point won't in be my as life. Surprising to other people as it was to me. Then it was that was very. No, I've I bet there's a lot of people that. that know
1: that. We'll see. Let us know. Did you know that that's where the phrase came from, people? Drop us a line.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> So continued exposure to mercury could lead to neuromotor issues like trembling.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And according to Connecticut history in the town of Danbury, Connecticut, which was the center of hat making, um, it was so notorious uh, with with these hat makers and that this problem uh, that it was said that you would develop the Danbury shakes
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So they even had a name for it. So it was only after many years and efforts uh, by activists and the Danbury Hatters Unions that the state banned the use of mercury in 1941. Wow. So that's pretty late. That's pretty late. I mean... That's that's a long time that that one went on.
0: Definitely. That is so fascinating. I mean, I don't know if y'all knew that already or not, but that (laughs) is so... That's a really really interesting fun fact fact. yeah
1: for sure that's you know that's bring that out at your next party right (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how popular you'll be at that party but (laughs) so we are moving down down in fashion down to our shoes okay uh so there were something called krakow shoes And again, you can probably picture uh, portraits and paintings and images of uh, people, men, especially, I'd say, in the 14th century, 13th century. They're very, very pointed shoes. So they're very long. They look like jester shoes.
0: They didn't curl up at the end.
1: They didn't really curl up, but they were just sort of flat, and then they just went out into a very long point. So they would oh, go out. A very long
0: point. Okay, okay. Yes, they would
1: go out like 10 inches past your Whoa, toe okay. and past your foot. So they were very pointed, and they gained popularity. Uh, but despite being fashionable, they were very difficult to walk in, and they led to many fatal falls. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, what's going on So they with were eventually
1: banned due to their dangerous uh, nature. But today's fashion, there are shoes, the knife shoes, uh, which was uh, Balenciaga knife shoes. Knife they're shoes? just pointy shoes, they're just flats. Uh-huh. Okay. They're like pointy flats. So they're definitely inspired by the, the Krakow shoes.
0: Interesting.
1: Yes. And there's another type of shoe. Called a shopping, and these were popular uh, from the 15th century to the 18th century. So, for a very, that long was time, a very long time, yes, these were worn by society's elite, and they were basically like little heels or flats, except they were on a very high platform. So, they kind of took platform shoes to a whole new level because some would be as high as 20 inches. <gasps> Yes. Uh,
0: I feel like we're almost more in stilt territory at that point. I Diana. mean, for
1: real. But just think about it. It was popular, especially by high society, because they could look down on you. So they thought it would be good to be taller than you so they could look down upon you and you could look up to them. Um, now, some regions restricted the height of these shoes to three inches, but nobody abided by this law. Oh, my god. And so they continue to do it. And many women uh, got hurt as a result of wearing these because of, you know, constant falls. Because, you know, I mean, who's going to wear 20-inch platform oh. shoes and not fall over?
0: I mean, that is so incredibly high.
1: I don't even like to wear wedge sandals because I'm like, I'm going to break my ankle.
0: <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt myself. I don't wear anything in a high heel, as you know. Um, yeah. I don't either. I, wear-
1: I gave up on that. Yeah.
0: So this is not
1: necessarily a fashion trend, but I thought it was worth noting, and this is foot binding.
0: Oh, my gosh. I almost brought that up when we were talking about the waists.
1: Mm-hmm. This is so horribly disturbing, and it was popular for hundreds of years. such a long time. Hundreds of years. I mean, it dates back to... 11th century 10th century in China and they were obsessed with tiny feet and it was again a status symbol um it was known as lotus feet Mm -hmm. and you would basically be considered a worthy wife if you had these tiny lotus feet Gosh! and so when when these girls were very young they would start binding their feet
0: I mean have you ever had anything wrong with your foot ever like broken a foot or a toe, or
1: uh, not broken, but I mean, I,
0: mean, I've, I just feel I've definitely
1: like had pains and sprained my ankle. And of
0: all the things on your body to be hurt, I feel like you're maybe your back and your feet are like the two worst because mm-hmm. you can't do anything without using them. Oh, I just makes me so it just breaks my heart. It it's makes me it, so it sad.
1: It really is. Did you ever read a uh, snowflower and the secret fan?
0: No, uh, it
1: was a really good book. I read it a long time ago, but they, uh, they, they go into it. The young girls are doing foot binding. So they, they have a big, it's a big topic on that book. Oh. Um, well, but I, t- I so, totally cut you
0: off. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. Um, not at all. So women would bind their feet at a very, very early age. And by binding their feet, the bones would break and it would deform their tiny feet, which is, this is where I think it's just such an oxymoron because <laughs> you, it's, considered dainty to have these tiny feet, but your feet and to have are mangled looking your and... feet are mangled yeah. they look completely deformed. It is it is bizarre. I will put some photos of some of these trends and fashion up on their social media um, so you can take a look at some of these interesting little fashion trends uh, but the foot binding process involved oh, soaking gosh. the feet in some acids such as vinegar. Or urine. Mm. 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 This would be followed by. Yeah. This would be followed by their toes. Excluding the big toe. Being folded down. And the arch of the foot bent back. The bones would break. Often resulting in infections. Such as gangrene. Which of course could be fatal. So most women hope for infections. Even though they could be fatal. They wanted infections. Because then that means the toes would fall off. And they would have even tinier feet. Yes.
0: I mean, why aren't
1: And the thing is that they had to unwrap them and clean them and then rewrap and rebreak. And so it was a con because they were doing this so young, they would they would like constantly be rebreaking their their bones and their feet.
0: They would be starting this when they were very when they were little girls Mm -hmm. or.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Adolescents before before teenage years. Because by the time you're a teenager, you're, your feet they, were already broken. Uh huh. They were yeah. would
0: have already grown too much by that point. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. my gosh.
1: Yeah. So that's really. Oh, it's just I don't so know disturbing. We talk
0: about at least like. Really disturbing and gruesome things, and they they really don't bother me that much. But this one really bothers me. <laughs> really bothers me. I, I,
1: I yeah. Well, wait till you see the pictures. <laughs> um. So my last <laughs> the story. Laugh
0: there. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> my last story is actually took place in Texas. Woohoo! Go Texas. Way to make us proud. I don't feel like I'm going to be celebrating this, but
0: okay, you go ahead. <laughs>
1: A In 2014, a Texas woman was sentenced to life in prison for stabbing her boyfriend to death with her five-inch stiletto heels.
0: <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> Just kidding, So, everyone. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> she said, I know, single white female, right? So she said she never wanted to kill him and that she was acting in self-defense, but they did not find any evidence that he was abusive and that that was what was happening in fact they found he had defensive marks on his hands and arms and she did not but he she struck him 25 times in the (gasps) neck and face.
0: Whoa! With her stiletto? Mm -hmm.
1: Yes.
0: Oh!
1: So that is my most recent. That was in 2014. So that is my my most recent fashion. That was
0: quite a jump ahead, too. Yes. So because these deaths
1: took place in the Victorian era and, you know, many, many centuries ago, it's very hard to do a shark meter on this. Had we been in Victorian times, absolutely your skirt is more likely to kill you than a shark
0: yeah i still think the victorian skirt wins i'd absolutely think that it's it's a bigger killer than sharks even i mean right
1: yeah for sure so anyway you are more likely to die by your dress or your hat or your socks so luckily we don't have that problem now (laughs) oh my gosh so i know that is just insane and my stories were courtesy of the grunge excuse me grunge.com historyofyesterday.com the daily beast and bbc my cocktail was courtesy of chilled magazine and that is death by fashion
0: I really liked that one. I mean, it was a
1: little different. It was kind of them, nice but... to do deaths that were so far removed from today. Because, you know, sometimes I feel bad when we talk about these people who were just killed a few years ago and you just think, I know. You know, their friends and family are still alive. It's very tragic. I mean, not that these deaths weren't tragic, but they're just, they're so, they happened so long ago. You're, no, you're I totally removed. agree with you. I've done some
0: 2021 deaths mm-hmm. um, on my golf course one. I think I did two. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I don't, I feel terrible talking about I know. these.
1: <laughs> I know. It's like you need a, a, a limit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm. Too soon. Yeah. Um, that is, yeah, I, I kind of liked it too. I liked that we just like took a deep breath and talk about some people that, you know. <laughs> so happened, long ago. Yeah, so long ago. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs>
1: excellent well thank you for tuning in make sure you're subscribed and following us rate and review please uh follow us along on instagram facebook at drinks with death podcast email us drinkswithdeathpodcast at gmail.com let us know what you want us to cover do you have an idea yeah, I, I want to hear it eric wants to hear it i
0: want some ideas <laughs> yes please. i know
1: i know sometimes people just will text me these random Hey, death by blah, blah, blah. I, was I
0: know like, oh, that's okay. the hardest part for me is finding an idea. So I'd love, mm-hmm. I'd love somebody to provide me with an idea. For sure. Excellent. All right. Well, stay safe and don't wear crinoline next to the
1: fireplace, people.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Stay, stay away from that. All right. Stay All right. safe. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.